Hey everyone, welcome to Savage to Sage, where we explore the evolution of entrepreneurs. In this show, we hear from leaders on the challenges and breakthroughs that have shaped them on their journey toward becoming a sage. Welcome back, everybody, to Savage to Sage. This is Daniel, the co-host, and I'm really excited because it is uh, 2024 and we're taking classic direction with Savage to Sage, where we hear the entrepreneurial journey of our guests, but also we're taking a new focus this year where we're going to focus on a specific topic with our guests that is as close to their heart, close to their journey. And um, so I'm excited for the first show today with, with Josh Cantor. Welcome, Josh. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So Josh, you are the founder of Leaf Planner, and you're also principal at Josh Cantor Wealth Advisory Services. You have some other irons in the fire. Why don't you give just a brief introduction of what what's Leaf Planner and kind of what's your focus on also on the wealth advisory side? Yeah, sure. Um, so I I basically wear kind of three hats at the moment. Uh, one is running a single family office for our multi generational, multi branch family. Um, all of these are very interconnected, so so it's hard to tell one without the other. Uh, the Josh Cantor Wealth Advisory hat is really just one of the things I found in the family office world over the last 25 years is I was most excited about being a general advisor to families, really uh, facilitating family meetings, helping families think about legacy planning, not in kind of a true estate planning sense, but really in a philosophic and values-based sense. And so I do a little bit of work just under my Josh hat. I'm working with a handful of families a year talking about those issues. And all of this kind of collides, um, as you know, and, and we'll get into, but in the uh, Leaf Planner story of where it comes from, from our own family history and working with other families. Um, but essentially, it's a platform that we've designed over the last couple of years that is really intended to help families understand the questions they should even be thinking about. How do you educate family members? How do you think about um, almost really a life management or workflow management? piece of your life? How do you identify blind spots in your family or family enterprise and your thinking? Uh, and you're actually just execution of things that you knew you should do, but you didn't do. Um, and then really, and importantly, although I don't like to think of Leaf Planner in any way, shape or form as a death product, but there's a huge piece of succession of information of how do you really successfully set up partners, spouses, kids, trustees, executors, advisors for the inevitable that is going to happen to all of us. Um, and so yeah. that's that's what we plan to do. Yeah, thank you for that introduction. And I think the topic that we'll focus on today is that the sage wisdom in in succession planning. And, you know, we're focused here on the Savage to Sage journey. And like everybody like you has, has a unique story to tell. And I'm curious if you could just share kind of that, the origin story of why Leaf Planner? Because I, I remember from when you told me the Cliff Notes version when we got introduced, and I was like, I need to hear more about that. And so do our listeners. Yeah, I'm not only uh, am I willing to, but I love to. So <laughs> it's perfect. Um, so yeah, so my backstory is really, again, you know, this has been a long journey um, for, those of, for those of your listeners who uh, see this on YouTube, as opposed to audio, you know, you'll see, obviously, I'm, I'm full of white hair. I'm 61 years old. This has been a long journey to get to, to this stage of where we are today and why we've gotten there. I started my career as a lawyer in Chicago and uh, loosely for reasons I don't really need to bore everybody with, but loosely was working with my father and my brother 
Um, we were in the venture capital industry and I was a corporate and securities lawyer. So there was a lot of overlap, obviously, with the way the three of us were working together. The part of the story I know you're at least alluding to in part uh, is that my father had been a world-renowned tax lawyer, probably in his era, the most famous tax lawyer on the planet. He, uh, So if you really go back to the 60s, 70s, kind of into the early 1980s, you're going to see his fingerprints everywhere on families of wealth across the country. And, and really, frankly, a lot of the techniques that we all continue to use today in the estate planning arena um, have their origin story in my dad's practice and my dad's work. That really led to some significant problems later in our lives because in 2000, he got sick and we he got cancer and we knew he was going to pass away. And at the time, because of his tax career, we were uh, filing 750 tax returns a year for our family. We were embroiled in um, what would turn into a 33-year fight with the Internal Revenue Service. Ultimately, it went to the U.S. Supreme Court. And um, some of your listeners may know that the Supreme Court does not take a lot of tax cases. And so it was pretty uh, unique that that went up to the um, to the U.S. Supreme Court. So uh, I basically left my job in 2000, or at least my private practice in 2000, to come help my family figure out how do we navigate through all of this. And I would say we um, really, in many ways, you know, I talk about us as a single family office and I, and I think we are, but the reality is we in many ways, and I think this is important to people who don't think of themselves as having a kind of single family office wealth, which I would argue we didn't have. We had single family office complexity and not necessarily single family office wealth. And so I left, again, I left my practice to come basically help my family. My mom was still alive. So we were three generations up and down, three branches left and right. And that IRS fight was really an all or nothing fight. Uh, I jokingly say, even though I'm a University of Chicago um, trained lawyer, I jokingly say like, if the IRS had won that case, my next job would have involved the words, do you want fries with that? So um, it was really important that we win this case. So I basically, again, left my practice, came to help my family. And that started me down this path of uh, being in the family office world and frankly, absorbing everything I could about what does that even mean? What is a family office? What does it do? How do you hold three generations or three generations and three branches of a family together? Um, all of which then led to, as I said earlier in, in introducing, you know, kind of my background, uh, the me finding that I really love this whole family dynamics, family governance, family legacy, advising families. And I think that if I go back to my days as a corporate lawyer, you know, one of the interesting things is I look back at that and realize, well, what is a corporate lawyer? A corporate lawyer is a general advisor, right? It's, you know, I don't typically come to a client and say, here's the answer. I come and say, here are possible answers based on what is it that you want to accomplish. My job is to interpret your business decision, not to make that decision, right? And so um, really carrying that just into the family field was what I was uh was able to do. So anyway, um, you know, we had this really complicated situation. I hope nobody else listening has that situation, but it probably rhymes to people with at least something of, oh yeah, no, we wouldn't know what to do with this, that, or the other. And one of the things that came out of that was, as I've described to you before, um, I spent 18 months with my father before he ended up passing away. And what happened at the end of that 18 months, and I spent every day of that 18 months with him, and I realized at the end of that 18 months, notwithstanding being a trained lawyer, um, I actually had even taken my dad's estate planning class in law school, which um, I wouldn't recommend to anybody either. But uh, I ended up realizing, trained lawyer, took his estate planning class, 18 months with him. He didn't have a heart attack. He didn't get hit by a bus. And the number of things that I still didn't know 
just shocked me. And so here I am, you know, of course, like anybody, grieving my newly deceased father and now trying to work with lawyers and work with accountants and work with family members to understand how do we pick up this puzzle and keep it going? And how do we continue all these fights? Because now my family's 33-year income tax case turns into a estate tax case. So it's got its own level of complication to it. And that really was the beginning of, uh, although Leaf Planner is two years old, and this is 22 years ago, that was the beginning of thinking about how do you better educate family members? How do you better prepare family members? How do you better even think about what are the questions that we should be asking? Because most of the questions that I couldn't answer were questions I never even thought to ask. And so we were, we were really kind of starting from this, wow, how do you, how do you do this? Because this is different. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I know there's a lot there when you think of just that, like you said, being with your father as he's dying, you know, that amount of time, a lot of grief there, but then the complexity too, of what you, what you've had to walk through is, is a lot too. Um, for you as an entrepreneur, you know, like what was it in you that you were like, yes, I, I know that I need to leave. What, what I would imagine was, I mean, even though there were challenges to it, it was a fairly comfortable life law practice to like step in this direction uh, to serve your family. And then now, you know, you've, you've taken another level of, of risk, you know, starting leaf planner and starting a new business like that is not for the faint of heart. Why you? Like what what prompted you to to do that and to keep doing it? You know, to me, I, I think it's interesting. So first of all, one of the answers to that, I guess, is we all, and again, at, at 60 plus years old, I'm, I guess, old enough and maybe wise enough to realize that life takes twists and turns that none of us expect. And I think that happens to all of us. And, you know, if I had charted my path of where I thought my life would take me, this isn't it. Right. So, um, and also to your comment about, you know, not only a, I think successful, but certainly a normal standards, lucrative law practice that I was in. Uh, and, and I liked being a lawyer. So, you know, I'm one of these guys who doesn't walk in a room and say, I'm the recovering lawyer. You know, there's always the person who says that in, in a room of uh, people. And, and I am not that person. I really liked what I did and I was good at it. And so leaving it was a hard decision. I knew it was the right thing to do. And frankly, you know, it's, I mean, that gets into a little bit, maybe sappy values, but my value system was, I got to go help my family. That was my obligation. And so, and frankly, there was an aspect of this too, that was a, and I want to go not only preserve our family's wealth, but I want to go, I want to go redeem my dad's reputation because when he passed away, we basically were on the losing side of all of that litigation at that moment in 2001. Um, and it took from 2001 until 2012 to win. And by the time we won, we had completely redeemed his reputation, which was you know, wildly important to me. But I think then, if I think about kind of this path that I've been on, a little bit less the lawyer side, but lawyer transition to family office, transition to kind of wealth advisor, although not in the money sense, as I was describing. Um, and in that hat, what I really love about it is I love helping families. It's really fun. And again, I mean, it's a little bit sappy, maybe. And obviously, I want to get paid for it, but it's really, really fun. And I love helping families not go through or learn about things they don't know about, help them through the things that they, that are complicated. Family dynamics and family governance and family transitions and successful multi generational wealth transfers. You know, there's a little bit of oh, poor you, but there's it's hard. 
there's just, there's a lot there, right? So one of the things that then really leads to really answering your question about why me, why now, why Leaf Planner, why jump that? You know, I could have probably retired on a beach and that would have been lovely. And I really like beaches. But if I look at how many families I can help a year as Josh, it's a handful. If I look at how can we translate that into what we've done with Leaf Planner and how can we help multitudes of that? We, we've been live for less than two years and we've got 100 families on the platform at this point that we're helping and not quite growing literally every day, but growing every day. And so, you know, if I look at how can I help hopefully in the future, thousands of families learn from what I learned rather than my personal consultation with a family one at a time. That's really exciting. I mean, and obviously, if we can make money at it as we're going along, that's swell. But if I can help those families, it's pretty cool. So I'm having a blast. And that's that's kind of why me and why now. It's how do I take 25 years of family office work and add my legal career? And I'll say almost 40 years of uh, 35 years of legal work and family office work and package this all in a place to say, how do I use that now? And that's Leaf Planner. Yeah. That's that's brilliant. And I I just love that idea too of I think of the concept of multiplication where it's like you can only influence personally and meet so many people that you know you can walk through like the process that you you walk them through, but then how can you know how can you multiply that that wisdom and the skills that you gained, you know, more widely and uh that's that's a really important question to answer and it sounds like sort of what's behind leaf planner yeah without a doubt and also i'd say making you know in some respect making some of this more accessible too you know the wealth industry i love this industry i really do and and i think the wealth industry has moved really far in the last call it 30 years um both in terms of its sensitivity to you know human capital and social capital and intellectual capital not just financial capital and all these different things and there's been great movement in the technology that helps this industry. So, you know, you think about consolidated GL reporting and consolidated data aggregation and things like that. But the but the part of helping educate and empower family members and prepare for succession is really kind of still the wild west. It's it's just it doesn't exist. So I think for us to be able to um and so again, you know, people access that by frankly accessing people like me. But guess what? I'm really expensive. (laughs) And so to hire me, you gotta, you gotta really be willing to invest in this and you gotta really have a balance sheet that justifies investing in this. And and any of my colleagues, like it's not just me, right? And Leaf Planner, I don't want to say we're democratizing it, but it is a part of a puzzle to say this is really accessible and it's gonna get you part way there. It's not gonna replace me. It's just not. But is it going to get you partway there? Is it going to ask you questions that you never knew to think about? Is it going to give you a tool to educate your family in a way that you were never able to do? Yeah, it is. And that's, again, like to your point, right? That's that multiplication and a little bit of democratization. And and is really, it's pretty exciting for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm almost thinking of like, no, we're just entering into tax season right now. And it's like TurboTax, you know, I think that tool single-handedly probably revolutionized the accounting space because it's like it democratized you know the whole like tax preparation process and whereas like probably before that it was very difficult for people that were not of a certain means to be able to like 
figure out like, okay, how do I, how do I do my taxes? Uh, and if, if I can't afford a CPA to, to do these for me. So I, I think of that, like what you're doing as well. And yeah, like when you look at, so just to quickly share, I mean, our, the guests of the show are aware, like in this past year, June, the guy, well, actually both my co-host Kyle and I, we lost our fathers. Mine was completely unexpectedly, you know, Kyle's dad had been sick for a bit, but it still happened very fast. And so like we both walked with our, they, you know, they both were, my dad had his own business based on what you're describing with your dad, a lot less complicated, but still, you know, there was a lot, a lot to do. And it was completely unexpected. Some, some things had been planned for other things had not, you know, and, you know, Kyle walked through some similar waters himself. And I think just that alone, you know, like my family's doing fine, but we're not like of, you know, of the means where we can afford like very expensive, you know, wealth advice. And so I think it's like, we, we relied on, you know, the good nature of people that were super helpful and, you know, didn't, didn't charge us money. And then other advisors that charged us reasonable amounts for the various aspects of what we had to do, especially from a business perspective to, you know, figure out what was next. But that whole process is just, it's, I, I would say when you're also working through, especially unexpected loss, unexpected grief, you know, where you haven't been grieving along the way because, you know, someone is dying, you know, that you're walking with, but it's just like, it happens. They were there, then they're gone to walk yourself like as a human and with other people through that. And then also have handle all of those affairs. I mean, that it, it might be one of the most challenging and exhausting things that, that I can remember doing. And, um, so I'm just speak to that. Like what, cause there, there's gotta be a part of that that I just share. That's a part of your why of like, this, this is why I get up in the morning and why I'm doing this. So. Yeah. Um, so first, let me go back to one of your earlier comments, because uh, the thing that would make me really happy someday is if people talk about TurboTax and Leaf Planner in the same sentence. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and with the same level of recognition. But yeah, no, I mean, I think there's so many things in, in what you just said. And, and obviously, you know, you and Kyle both have now personal experiences, because everybody does, right? Everybody's got, it's really interesting, because when I talk to people about Leaf Planner, especially when I show it to them, everybody understands it, right? It's, it's, there's nobody who doesn't have some experience like you guys did, or my grandfather, this, or my parents, this, or my in-laws, that, or whatever it is. So, and I think that, um, you know, one, there's, there's the whole, uh, I'm not a um, psychologist or, or, or anything, but I, I know there's something out there about the, like, you're not supposed to make decisions within the first 90 days of like, while you're grieving or while, or after a significant event or something like that. Right. And Yet, when it comes to incapacitations and deaths, that's exactly what we're being asked to do, right? Is make some of the hardest converse, conversations, some of the hardest decisions, um, and deal with things that we have no experience in, and we're in our worst possible moment. And to your point, yes, different for, you know, it sounds like Kyle's situation may be a little bit more similar to mine, where there was some notice, yeah. yours, unexpected, sucks either way. And, and you're not being given the time to really absorb that and grieve and understand these things. And so 
one is the element as you're really describing that it's just so unexpected um, and we're ha- and we're being thrown into this you know kind of the deep end of the pool if you will regardless of the level of complexity and really to me this is about complexity it's not about wealth right and i think that's really important because people tend to associate some of these problems with wealth and depending upon what you want to define as wealth you know look i typically will say to people you could be worth 10 million dollars or less and if you've got a couple of homes and you've got a couple of kids and you've got a couple of trusts and you've got a couple of private investments and you've got, you know, you you maybe collect baseball cards from when you were a kid or whatever it is, I don't care. You're pretty complex. If you actually think about the number of moving pieces in your life, it's high. And at the same time, you could be worth a billion dollars of Bitcoin on a USB drive and you ain't very complex at all, right? You're wealthy, but you're not complex. So to me, this is really about that level of complexity and how do you sort through all these things. And where Leaf Planner really, I think, tries to step into some of this, and my work does, and you know, again, my whole experience over all these years is that it's really giving people a way to say, one, first, as you're describing, um, and I've talked about kind of what are the questions I should be thinking about? You know, you talked about your dad and his business. Um, was there a buy-sell agreement? Did he have partners? Was it, you know, forget whether the planning was in place from an estate plan. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But if it was, was it explained? If it wasn't, do you guys even have the information that you need to carry that forward and to work with your partners if there are partners or to deal with buy-sells or to deal with insurance that might be there to fund a buy whatever it is, right? I'm making stuff up because I honestly don't know anything about your situation. But it's just that there's so much complexity and so many questions that people tend not to answer. And then frankly, really, and this is where Leaf Planner, I think, also really excels is there's the whole emotional side of this, right? There's the whole, you know, why is this for anybody to see? Why is this painting important to me behind me? Where would I go with it to sell it if I had to sell it, if this came from my parents or something like that? There's the, um, you know, in, in the business situation, would you, sell it? would you keep it? There's the, maybe it was split between, I don't even know, Daniel, if you have siblings. Was it split between you and your siblings? If it was, was there an understanding of why? The planning was done to to leave it to one of you, to all of you, to none of you, right? I mean, those are those are really hard emotional conversations that people don't have, right? Because we still, I think we've moved away from the 30, 40, 50 years ago, the secretive patriarch who says everybody will learn about this when I'm dead. But still, there's not a lot of emotional conversation going on in families and families of wealth or families of complexity. And so you know, why did I choose Billy as the healthcare power holder and, and Susie as the general power holder? Well, do I want my kids fighting over, wait, why did mom and dad do that? Right? So we're trying to give people a way to not only ask the question, but answer it, preserve that answer, share it with their families. So that then again, sorry, I'm kind of all over the board, but then when you're back in that moment of grieving, and it's not just about, again, it's not just about that death and succession of information, but in that place, Everybody actually is waking up saying, okay, wait, we know what this playbook was about and not waking up for the first time saying, oh my God. You know, when my dad died and I was cleaning stuff up, one of the things I found, for example, I mean, this is less the emotional side, just kind of funny, right? Is we found a safe deposit box receipt that had no bank name and no date. And like to this day, I jokingly say like, I don't know if there's a safe deposit box somewhere sitting with a million dollars of gold in it. You know, I know we're Jews from Eastern Europe. I know it's not family recipes, so that's good. But it's like, I have no idea and I'll never know. And so all of these things are why were things done? It's just complicated. Yeah, I, I'm i thinking about like, as you say that, 
the subject of the show, Savage Sage, is like you to start Leaf Planner, you know, you had to like ex you had to be a savage. You're hopefully moving towards a sage, but I I what you're talking about is almost like something that all entrepreneurs have to embrace is like to be successful really is thinking with the end in mind. And you're talking about this from your like what your product, what your service does is like helping families think with the end in mind of like what happens when someone's gone. But every good entrepreneur, I think, thinks about how does this how does this this company, this mission live beyond me? And and how is it more than than me and it revolving around me? But how is like how is it about like the company and the mission that will if it's if it's good it will it will outlast you know my, my me being you know the central fo- focal point and so reflect on that for how you have built or are building leaf planner cuz obviously you you have an expiration date which sounds like a very um you know non-human way to say <laughs> like <laughs> that but like how are you thinking about that and how are you approaching that with leaf planner I think it's really important and, and I don't I don't know that Leaf Planner is really different in a sense than than anybody else in that journey and what you're describing. But you know, almost by definition, like was it Mint that just finally they shut down? The Quicken um anyway, the Quicken. I didn't hear that. No. Mint, right. And they yeah. shut down. Anyway, whatever it was. Like, okay, so you move to another platform. That's fine. I mean, I think Leaf Planner, because it's so by definition. It is about legacy. It is about multi-generation. It's going to outlive. I mean, assuming it succeeds, and I think we're kind of on the road toward that. It's by definition going to outlive me, right? Even if I live a really long time. And that's the whole idea. You know, I hope it always has my origin story at its heart because there is a lot of heart that goes into what Leaf Planner was built to do. But we absolutely are focused on you know, this is this is a multi-generational product, right? I mean, this is if my kids take over my Quicken file, it's kind of like, who cares? I mean, you can move to a hundred other systems, maybe not a hundred, but a bunch of other systems, right? Um, and probably that are better suited to that generation than Quicken was to me. And and yet I'm still using Quicken. Um, but if you if you're using Leaf Planner, you know, there is again, there is just this by definition multi-generational approach to the information that's being shared and why you're doing it. And so that's that's kind of built into the ethos of the company, if you will. And and because frankly, again, like there's a whole generation, given my age, right? There's a whole generation of knowledge and and experience that's gone into building it as well. Which yeah. I think, you know, not to I, I don't mean this disparagingly to, to anybody younger, because obviously most entrepreneurs are younger than I am. But it's um it's it's an interesting perspective to be doing this. It's not because I'm not even the serial entrepreneur, right? This isn't my third rodeo of doing this. This is my first real right. entrepreneurial saying, I'm going to go build this based on 35 years of what I've done and and do this at essentially 60 years old is a really different mindset, I got to believe, than I'm a tech entrepreneur who's going to go build this based on what I perceive is out there. You know, so I think I think having lived it, having been having lived and breathed this, having to go, you know, as you said, like started this is the savage side, right? It's, it's, man, I got through in the deep end of a pool that was like a really deep pool and I had no idea what I was doing. And I am perfectly happy to admit that. And so that's part of also 
my whole ethos of saying, I want to help other people because getting thrown in the deep end of the pool kind of sucks because it is true. You either swim or you drown. <laughs> and, I mean, there's, there's only two choices. And so, so anyway, I don't, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I do think that that whole kind of future multi-generational, how does this outlive me? And obviously, look, the product's got to continue to evolve in ways that is beneficial to families and, and is beneficial to what we're trying to do. And, and I'm confident that we'll do that for a while. And I'm sure other people will show up in this market eventually. And you know, there'll actually be competition, which I would argue really, we really don't have any right now. But that long-term perspective is really important to me. And also because, look, I, I look at this and yes, I, it, I would be lying, Daniel, if I said, I don't want a payday out of this someday, right? Of course, I'm right. trying to do this. You know, nobody starts a company to say, I don't want to make money. But I am really, I am kind of pretty equally balanced between my goals about where the company goes from an economic perspective and my goals about where the company goes in terms of just helping people. And that's, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people can say that, but that's really important. We have this phrase of, that we like to think about uh, called finishing well. And so. Well, you, you we, gave me an expiration date and now you're telling me I'm finishing. <laughs> 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 I think yeah. I'm starting to take this personally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, so the, the whole idea is, in the space of entrepreneurship, I mean, we see a lot of great examples of people that started very well, but then didn't finish well. And, and so we're trying to cast vision for, you know, what are, what are the practices that, that go into finishing well? And so it's almost like, what are the practical things you can do now, you as Josh for Leaf Planner, so that you know, when you have a vision for, okay, th- when I exit Leaf Planner, this is what I want to be true. This is how I want to finish for the success of this mission and help, you know, helping people in the unique way that you are like to keep going. So what would you say are some of those practices like, and, and make it very like tangible and specific that you're, you're doing now to help ensure that, that you finish well? Within the leaf planner box, that's a really interesting question. You know, one is is really being careful, I guess, about the team that we're building. Uh, there's only six of us so far. But then we've got about 10 people on our advisory board. So, you know, we're still in very early stages, but it's been really interesting to me. And we actually just, um, we have two people living in three different places. And so we're not like, I guess we're 100% virtual, but we're, each of those two knew each other, but the six of us had never met. So we actually just did our first offsite uh, in December first time all of us had ever met. Um, and we've been at this for two years, right? So that was really exciting. And I think that having a team that we all really trust each other, we all have our, it was really interesting. And, and I knew this in, inherently, but as we all got together in that offsite and we could talk about our why, like, why are we a part of this company? And again, look, it's pretty easy. Like Leaf Planner is, you can't see it and not have a story that relates to it, but everybody had such a powerful why story that it wasn't, I don't believe this is a job for any of us, right? This is a, this is a passion. It's, yeah, of course it's a job, right? But it's, it's a passion. People believe in what we're doing. And so I think that um, continuing to try to build a team that's really mission aligned, that really trusts each other, that really sees the vision of what we're doing is going to be really important. I think that, uh, you know, really just trying to understand, I mean, we get a lot of feedback from our client base. And, and so, you know, for us, there's this, kind of virtuous circle of 
or cycle of of what's the not only what's on our roadmap of what the product should do, which is based on my 25, 35 years, but you know, I'm I'm really quick to say, look, I know a lot. I've had a lot of I got a lot of gray hair, I got a lot of experience, but I don't know every damn thing. And so, you know, it's why we've got an advisory board that's subject matter experts from lawyers and insurance people and spiritual leaders and doctors and I mean, it's it's kind of nuts when you look at who's on there. It's like, oh, well, that's really interesting. Why would you have a rabbi <laughs> on your on your advisory board? Well, there's a really good reason for that, right? And and so I think that we need to keep looking at how do you um, absorb as much intelligence from other people and other sources and other fields and and understand how to look at these things. Um, and I'm not sure it really fits your comment. It's kind of my I, the way I interpreted it first. What you said about ending well is I spend a, a fairly absurd amount of my time thinking about, are my kids going to someday look better? Like, I am so proud of my father. I'm so proud to be his son. And he's been gone for 20 plus years. And yet, you know, and I want my kids to think about me that way. And so I spend like a fairly ridiculous amount of time <laughs> thinking about, am I doing this the right way that my kids are going to be proud of me? Um, that may be ridiculously stupid, but that's what I do. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, that's... I mean, that's perfect. And yeah, I'm thinking about like the, there's, we, we prize like in in our culture, at least we prize this founder that has like a big ego, you know, and it's like, yeah, they're, maybe they're very specific about the why and the problem that they're solving, but like the company is revolves around them, their personality, what they're doing. And, you know, and like, what what you're saying here is like you have followed like this the circuitous journey that y- your life and career took you and you know you're solving a problem that you think is a is a needs a solution and a very unique solution based on what you've gone through personally and so there is a like there is a part it's like yeah this is this this is who y- you are and like I'm like all of us have ego that that goes into it, but I, it sounds like you're you realize like your path to success is you know yes you need to follow that story and you know you need to lead this, but you need to raise up people around you, a team around you that you know will will carry it forward. And then you're you're also thinking about like like I, I think about this all the time like how do I how do I do that and be successful with full stack and and not compromise, you know, my relationships with the people that that matter the most to me, because that's that's another that's another narrative that we see in this world, where career business, especially for someone in an entrepreneurial space, that that becomes their life, and you know everything else takes takes sec- second and third place. You're you're talking about like you want your kids to be proud of you, but I I'm guessing you'd also say like you you know. You want to have that that strong relationship with them that you had with your dad. Yeah, and I, I think I think also to um to what you're saying about you know, and again, I, I don't think there's a right and wrong in this. So I, I'm not saying what I'm doing is right versus what other entrepreneurs do. Or as you said, right, there's the the tech mogul who we all know the name and we all know who they are. And look, I'm never going to be. First of all, this company is never going to be Apple, right? So I'm not Steve Jobs. I'm not a visionary. I had an idea <laughs> about something that came from what I went through, but I, um, you know, one of the things that you, you had 
talked about my LinkedIn profile. And one of the things you may have seen on there is I started a small organization called the Alliance for Better Utah. That's just a local political organization here in Utah. And one of my, um, it's been around now for 11 years. And one of my comments when we started it was, if people associate it with Josh Cantor, it, it can't survive, right? It can't be Josh's organization. It's got to be like, I'm one vote on the board. That's all I should be. And and with Leaf Planner, uh, to your point, I think, if I'm understanding it correctly, like to me, it's the same problem it's, or the same issue. My origin story should always be an important part of, of why we did what we did. But people should know Leaf Planner. People shouldn't know Josh. I mean, if they know that's swell, I'm not going to say I don't have an ego, but they should know Leaf Planner and what it does for them, you know, not Josh Cantor. And and that's fine with me. And it also goes to that whole multi-generational aspect to it because it's got to survive me. And so, um, I don't know, maybe I have too little ego in the game, but, and maybe that'll stifle our growth or stifle the numbers or whatever <laughs> it is. But um, I think it's a real, for me, it's a really important part of this, that it's not, that's just not the motivating driver. Yeah, for sure. This has been such an insightful conversation. And I think, you know, just going back to like think, thinking with the end in mind, planning with the end in mind, and like what that wisdom has has to offer really anybody, but especially a, an entrepreneur that wants to, you know, start and scale and, you know, maybe eventually sell and or like transfer the that company and the wealth to a future generation, like that what that wisdom has to offer and what are those important steps along the way to to make sure are done, you know, with what that's in our control to, to make sure that's possible. Like I, there, there's just a lot of wisdom here. The one f- question I like to end on is especially someone like you, I mean, you're very attuned to the needs of other people. You have this heart to, like you said, to serve other people, to help them. So like what, what for you are you doing to take care of your own needs, uh, you know, to, to be kind to yourself, to serve yourself. So like my, my example, I just shared this earlier with somebody who was like, I, if every weekend I can, I'll take, you know, two hours, I'll go to a, a local park where I do trail running and, you know, just sweating, whatever the weather is, cold, hot, you know, rainy, just the sweating, you know, the woods like that, that just feeds me in a, in a way that other things don't. So like, what is that for you to to keep that engine running? <laughs> so part of me wants to say at the moment we're so I'm so deep into the startup mentality. You know, again, we're we're two years into this, and and I have said repeatedly, like 2024 is kind of the last year of my I hope just killing myself here because it's like I can't keep this pace up, um, and so everything else has been sacrificed, right? Because that's the entrepreneurial journey, as I'm sure for everybody. Um, but for me, yeah, similar to you, you know, it's it's spending time with my family, my kids, my dogs. I'm going out running. I'm a runner, skier. So trying to travel. All of those things are on hold. <laughs> so I'll say there's going to be a big backlog when uh, when we make a few more a few more sales here. But um, but yeah, every now and then, obviously, definitely trying to reset and and realizing that there's only so long you can. You know, at least for me, I feel like, right, to your point, I think there's only, I can burn myself out for another year and know that that's what I have to do because that's, because I will make this work by sheer force of will <laughs> if I have to. Um, but, uh, but it's, you know, it takes its toll. 
And I, and I think you're right. I mean, entrepreneurs, especially younger ones need to be careful. Like for me, again, I'd say, hopefully there's enough 60 year wisdom to, to look in the mirror and understand what I'm doing and say, okay, this is tolerable or not tolerable. Um, and I'm probably on the wrong side of that equation at the moment, but, uh, but yeah, I think entrepreneurs need to be really careful about that. Burnouts, burnout's real, right? And it's, um, and it's dangerous and it's unhealthy. Yeah. I appreciate your authenticity there. And, um, I'm also knowing that you're in Salt Lake City. Like you've got, you got the mountains there, especially right now. You got the playground. So maybe, uh, in the backyard, <laughs> maybe the ski slopes are, are calling your name this right. weekend. So, <laughs> so yeah, but I, I hear that. You know, and I, I've experienced that walked with a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, in a similar boat as you. And it's, it's, it's really challenging because it's, you know, to keep going at that pace and to what it feels like it takes to, to build, to start, build and grow something to a point, you know, that it can be successful. So it's, it's, that's really the narrative that every, everyone experiences in your shoes. And so like, I, I, I want to hold on to that belief, like, that you know another way is possible and we can we can work toward that together you know as we we attune to our own needs and you know take care of ourselves and do those things that we know create carve out space even if it's 15 minutes to you know do those things that that give us life and recharge us refuel us so awesome well if people want to get in touch with you and leaf planner after listening to this like where would you point them uh, our website is leafplanner.com. So that's pretty easy. And I'm at, I'm uh, Josh at leafplanner.com. So that's pretty easy. And i um, happy to talk to anybody. Love talking about this stuff. Uh, love sharing Leaf Planner and my experience with families and um, welcome the opportunity to talk to anybody. Awesome. Thank you so much, Josh, for your time and your vulnerability and sharing and really Thanks. appreciate it. So, Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for listening to today's interview. To view show notes or hear more episodes, please visit www.savagetosage.com.